Christmas actually is? It's the 24th or 25th. I don't know. Which but you don't knows? know specifically? No. Nice. It is the 25th. There you go. Revelations. <laughs> we're all learning here. We're, uh, we're enlarging Adam's, uh, I guess, religious scope here. <laughs> I have a I have a big enough religious scope. Uh, I don't need it. Too uh, fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Zoomcast. This is episode 21. Uh, a lot. I mean, our last episode was a bit of a, I don't know, we, it was it was not as structured, not as probably level-headed as, as most of them are, but a lot has happened. You know what? I think they listened to it, the Sens, because yeah. we called them out. We called out the Lone Star and, you know, people started to listen, I think, and the Sens have won four of their last five since that episode was released um lewis you were there you were in that episode with me are yep. you pleased with what you've seen from from the fellows since we dropped that i think so i mean we were talking about how like we were so doom and gloom and talk about how man we have to go watch them get murdered by colorado on <laughs> yeah. saturday and then sure enough that was one of their most entertaining games of the season right yeah so it anyway it's I, they definitely listen to it you know we just have that big of a scope and that big of an <laughs> impact on the team clearly sometimes i can i can like imagine it where like the sends are like as a team in the dressing room like talking about the zoob cast no it's like... just zoob he's like it's <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> it's named after him so he's just trying to tell other people guys 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 they're yeah. mad at us we gotta step it up <laughs> guys listen to this podcast like come <laughs> this is the best one and then they got they're gathered around the one tv in the entire ctc and they're like listening to it on audio like they listen to it let's be honest i mean we were what do we we talked about the colin white cam last episode i'm sure he's way on board with that idea Oh, we're just waiting for the next breakaway by Bell to just be <laughs> yeah. just Colin White walking around. Like, and then they're like, "We got this idea entirely by ourselves, <laughs> no external, like, no, no inspiration whatsoever. This was us." And we're like, "Yeah, whatever you say, Sens." Um, but enough dwelling on the past. Yes, the Sens have been playing some very interesting hockey. There was, well, there was the game against Carolina, um, right. which let's let's be totally honest here. They were terrible. That was a horrendous game. And they think the shots after the first period were like, it was like 22 to four or something. Was that it? After the first period? Just win, line? baby. Yeah, th yeah. Thank you. Um, but they, they did win. They blew a lead and then they got a lead back and then they won. <laughs> so that was hilarious. Um, and then, you know, they laid a, I think they, what, who did, then they beat Colorado crazy game. Which those two games were... we had so many weird goals like there was the formanton yeah. one where the other team kicked in and it was called back for rolling interference but it was actually svechnikov who like tripped him and then you yeah, had the yeah, whole yeah. timmy thing and call that was like against i'm gonna be honest i don't think that goal should have counted the tip well, no no I the disagree. rule is if the puck yeah. is going towards like into the net and the other team is responsible for the net coming off then it's a goal like Tavares scored a goal similarly to that happened, yeah at the um... beginning of the season yeah, okay. it also happened to the Sens a couple of years ago. I think it was Decord's first game or something. 
Maybe. Like, the but net I, fully I, came off, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. But when I was, like, the whole process of that goal happening, like, I was there, I was at the arena, and I was, like, thinking, like, imagine if I, like, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes here. If I was a Colorado fan, and that goal was scored on me, I would be, oh. like, so pissed. Like, I, I would hate that. I was in this, like, my section, we were, like, I was telling you, like, I finally got to sit in the 200 or whatever at one of the ends. And my section was all Colorado fans. <laughs> like, I say, I don't know if you saw, but there was the people with the Kale McCard yeah, jerseys with funny. the Kale on their head. Yeah. And we were just surrounded by Colorado fans. We were talking with them. It's like, why is Timmy complaining? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, does he want a penalty? It's like, no way. And then they go, the call on the ice is a goal. And they're like, yeah. what? And then he reviewed it and we're like, we have a good goal. And we were just like so confused. Everybody around yeah. us was like losing yeah. their minds. We were just laughing. That was a weird one. And then, then Brady scores in overtime. They win after blow well they, they blew it at the end they blew a three goal lead in that game and still won so as josh said just win <laughs> just win baby no one cares about anything else we're mo- we're moving up eh in the standings we're like bye-bye 20... montreal yeah we're wait, <laughs> leaving them the standings start with the 20 it doesn't start we're... with the 30 no we're in 30th oh i thought it started with the two 20. points back of the islanders two okay points back of the sabers we're get okay i mean i mean here we go i'm gonna be honest I was I was looking at the standings, not for the sense. Don't worry. I was looking at the standings like this this morning just to check something, and then I like scrolled down. I mean, just saying like we're only like, you know, 17, 17 points out or whatever to thirteen maybe. It's not it's not impossible. It can be done. Fifteen points. Yeah. All I'm saying is if the Sens win like four of five for the rest of the year, that probably, would be good. They're probably I say they could probably make the playoffs. Yeah, yes, I mean, let's I go on a better they... pace than anyone currently is on in the entire league. Yes, That's let's great. get one of the best records of all time just while we're at it. Why not? We have Forsberg. True, we're good. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Sens, the Sens, they beat Colorado. Then they, I mean, the game I did not watch actually the game against the Islanders. I just assumed they were going to lose because that's a classic Sens lose game. Like the Islanders are on like a ten game losing streak. They come in, Ottawa's on the end of a back-to-back. Like, yeah, of course, the Sens are not winning that game, and they lost. Um, but apparently, they, they played well. Josh, did you – you were telling me about that. The deserved to win a meter was, like, not even close. Yes, the Sens actually played really well that game. It's funny how it works, how they, like, get dominated by Carolina. They walk out with a win, and then they dominate the Islanders, and then they don't win. It's, like – it's frustrating almost because it's, like – I hate watching a game that they win, even though they got dominated. Like, it's not as fun. And same with the other way around. Like, I hate seeing them dominate and lose. And it wasn't even like, okay, they needed a goal to tie it, right? I think they were down a couple goals in the third. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah, this game is basically out of reach. Um, there's a couple, like, bad bounces for the goals against. Like, off the end boards, right back in front to Anders Lee. He scored two, like, kind of just garbage yeah. goals, like, in front. Mm-hmm. Gustafson didn't have his best game, but, like, I was so frustrated when they did the – off the face-off play where they get the defenseman to just charge at the opposing D-man at the point, leaving the front of the net wide open. Cause that's how they scored. I think the game winner. We were talking about this. <laughs> the Josh Brown special. Yeah. We were so, yes. so originally I thought that was just a Josh Brown stupidness play. Cause he no, they the made sites have do it. Yeah. So it's like, a, yeah. it's an actual structure. Fan favorites. <laughs> yeah, so but, here's but, my, here's my opinion on it. Yeah, please. So I don't, I don't like it personally like, at all, yeah. but, but if you're going to do it, don't you think it should be Shabbat doing it? If you if if you're DJ and he thinks that Zaitsev's elite defensively, why are you getting your elite defensive defenseman <laughs> at the at the blue line instead of your offensive defenseman? True. Like they're gonna do the same thing. At least if you have your, I'm using air quotes, defensive defenseman in front of the net to stop that from happening instead of 
It happened twice that game. And one of them, Josh Norris, was left all alone in front to defend. And that's when Anders Lee just spun on him and scored. It's like, you're trying to get your young centerman to play net front defense. Like, it's not going to work. And I feel like that's been, like, a theme this year where there's a lot of goals and it's just, like, the front of the net is open and then there's, like, a guy open and you're like, what, Josh Norris, weren't you covering? It's like, and it's like, wait, why is there no defenseman there at all? Why mm-hmm. is it just a forward? It's like, what is going on? Like, I don't I don't really get what the structure is there at all and what the plays that are being drawn up are resulting into. So you think that would change, but it was unfortunate that we kept seeing that even recently in the Islanders game. And, yeah, like Adam said, like, that did not feel like a Sens win. I was really hoping it would be because we hadn't gotten a, uh, what, four-game or more win streak since 2017. But of course, <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. No, and like you knew right at the, the beginning when Stutzla got absolutely robbed on the yeah. on like the two on or two on one. That, yeah. yeah, it was going to be one of those games. There was also we're just completely admitting that there was like a shootout win in New Jersey in there, which has completely oh my God, yeah. vanished from my mind. I don't even remember <laughs> yeah. that game happening. I remember I was like I was at somebody's place like we were hanging out. I was like, and I watched oh it completely. Wow, yeah, I was I like, forgot. oh, my God, there's a sense game tonight. Like, holy crap. I turned it on for overtime. Watch the overtime, and then they wanted to shoot. I was like, let's go. It was the worst overtime I've ever watched. Yeah, Chris yeah. Tierney in OT. That was awful. It was brutal. But Stutzel had a nice shootout goal. And yep. Norris. Norris. Norris had a nice shootout goal. And For- Forsberg. Did Forsberg win that game? I think he yep. did. Yeah. Forsberg is like the only goalie that's been playing. Got four straight wins. got the now. one game. Yeah. It's five and four on the season. Because yesterday, the Sens had their, I would say, their best game of the year. I agree. By far. Yeah. This was against Tampa, was a- too. Josh just talked about how it's frustrating to watch the Sens all the time because when they win, they suck. And when they lose, they should win. So there's really no winning. But this was a game. This is like the first game in like a calendar year, probably, maybe, where the Sens played well and they won by like a lot. Against a good team. Against a good team. And they deserved to win. And everyone was good. Like there was not, there was, there was like, yeah, maybe the odd shift here or there where the Stamkos line kind of caved him in but that's the lightning of course that's going to happen like they scored like four nothing who's complaining like that's crazy that's a, that was a fantastic game for them so anyway the uh the Sens are rolling that's four or five and what's the the next game is what they play on Tuesday in Tuesday. Florida yeah they played Tuesday in Florida that Tampa trip is going to be very interesting Yeesh. for me because I think the, well, they haven't played Florida yet but that might be a bad one. Let's be completely honest. That's first in the league, right? They are, they are first in the league. So we'll see how that goes. And then Tampa Bay is going to be mad. I think they are not going to be too happy about losing to the 30th place Ottawa Senators on on the road there. Fine. So, I mean, they can dominate the game, but we'll just have to send them and win like 2-1 or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get like a Chris Tierney like ankle goal. And <laughs> yeah, we need one of those. It's been too long. Well, this is what happened with Chris Tierney last year. He <laughs> friggin' true. scores at the beginning, goes like the entire middle part of the year with no goals, and then he'll score a bunch at the end. So this is his middle part right now. It was just, there you, you know, he, I, I'd say the next Chris Tierney goal will be in February. Like the end. So there's two, the Sens play <laughs> oh. two games in February, and it'll be the Pre one. post. Yeah, it'll be post. Come on. Okay. It'll be post. Let's be honest. You think he's scoring beginning of February? No way. No shot. Making a final case for himself on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris Tierney's holding out hope, dude. Like he's like, I can be the fourth line center of Team Canada. It can be done. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. The Sens are doing well. There's been a couple storylines um, throughout this last week and a bit. We'll kind of we'll try to go through them all here. Um, Lassie Thompson 
was performing quite well, I think, for a lot of people's expectations for a while. And I think it was kind of a consensus that he t- tapered off a little bit, but I mean, he was still like compared to the other defensemen on the team, like he was still probably better than them. Uh, the Sens made the decision to send him down to Belleville and bring up JBD and then scratch JBD <laughs> yesterday. So, uh, Josh, what's your opinion on this this whole Thompson JBD swap? Do you think it was the right call, or or do you think uh, it's a bit of an oversight by management? Yeah, I actually tweeted it. I think before um, Garriok basically announced that it was happening, like the day before he went on TSN and he basically announced, like you know, like Dorian told him what was going to happen, and then he said, "All right, tomorrow this is happening." So before that, I actually think I said like they should send down Thompson because. I think other than his first two or three games, he hasn't really been like, you know, he also played with Shabbat in the first couple of games, which helped. But when he started playing with some lesser, you know, D partners, he wasn't doing as well. And you could tell that his confidence may not have been there as much. And I think when JBD has been up, he's performed better than Thompson has when he's up. So I think like if I, if the Sens were like trying to be good and they needed to have one defense and the two right now, I would, I would rather have JBD in the lineup. And hopefully he is in the lineup. He, um, DJ said he wanted him to get like two more practices and then he'll throw him in. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that's in the top four. Um, so yeah, I think it's the right decision. And I'm sure by, you know, in a couple weeks, either it's a couple weeks, couple months, Thompson will be back up. I mean, he scored it. He had a really good game his first game back. Nice score. He scored a really nice goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was back up in uh, around a month or something. Yeah. I, Louis, I'll get to you here in a sec. The, DJ had an interesting quote. This is, we're kind of meshing storylines here, but Michael Delzato was put on waivers the other day. And to, I mean, I think he's very pissed <laughs> and I think he's very yeah. pissed because, and I, I don't think as much like, he, let's be honest, he's not good, but it's not his fault that he's mad because I think that when he was signed that contract, I think the team was like, you're going to play. I think the team yeah. probably made that commitment to him. And now here he is, he's played like what? seven games maybe not like nine games and now he's being sent down to the ahl they, they did move him to the ahl after he cleared waivers uh he's like he's taken ottawa out of his instagram bio and he's liking all these tweets about like yeah you know like, going back to columbus yeah like what the hell um but when he got sent down dj smith at his press conference he's like we're having a change of philosophies like we're gonna you know it's time to develop the defenseman is pretty much what he said and he mentioned like jbd brandstrom Thompson. I found this quote super interesting because what are we? Year five of the rebuild. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the first time that, that they really, that a, that a coach has really said this, like now it's time to develop the defenseman. But really <laughs> on year five, you waited this long to say that? Well, I mean, it's a positive step that he's doing that. I think it's much, I think it's a little late. Um, but Louis, do you think like this is finally the turning point here where they're going on the right and they finally they're done with all these bad veterans and they're just going to roll in the kids do you think from now on i mean i definitely hope so and yet like just to go back to del zotto did you did you guys see the tweet um where i think it was paul gb on twitter who expressed who talked about how del zotto like expressed tons of unhappiness before all this even happened (laughs) (laughs) so anyway yeah clearly he's he's not happy with how it was handled um but it's just it seems like he was almost hired as a coach at this point 
yeah yeah because it, they're, like they're talking about how good of a guy he is in the room but he's not playing and usually when when we've made signings like this in the past the guys have played at least right yeah like kind of like Branson. josh brown gets branson coburn yeah um so yeah and I, I do like to hear um from dj smith of its development i guess during the rebuild it was kind of implied but it didn't really fully happen but it's no. it's it's nice to hear it from the coach to mm-hmm. say like we're gonna give branson a chance give jbd again we need to see it happen yeah to fully believe it that's the big and thing I guess calling up JBD and having played Thompson for a little while is good. And yeah, I totally was, agree with Josh on, on Lassie in terms of sending him down is good. Like, even though he might've been, or he was better than guys like Josh Brown or, you know, Mete hasn't had a good year, No. but the thing is, again, we're trying, we're going for development here. So sending him back down, I feel like was still the best, the best option, even though he's, he should be in over some of the guys we currently have. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think they're still learning, man. I don't, I think that, DJ, I'm still not super confident in him, but he's trying to figure this out, I think. And I don't, I'd be, I would personally be shocked if we saw Delzato play another game for the Sens ever. I I think there's no way, <laughs> like that's, that ship has sailed, I think. I, I think he's gone. Um, I'd say, I mean, you know, he didn't get picked up on waivers. They could try to trade him, but they're going to probably have to like attach something in that package. There's no point, it, honestly. Exactly, like, like especially, out, especially given that they got him like for like the reasons that we outlined. Whereas, like again, he's more of a presence and you know in locker room DJ apparently. Also, yeah. because loves you know, his obviously... house. Great house music mix on SoundCloud actually. <laughs> yeah, Belly. there you go. Unreal. But yeah, so I guess that could also apply to to Bella if he wants to if he wants to help the character growth down there too. I don't know. It's just listen. Evaluating the Sens D situation is always uh, let's let's just say interesting. Um, yeah. because there's gonna be frustration ever. There's always gonna be question marks, but it's it's an ever evolving situation, man. Josh, you think Delzato plays another game with the Sens? Yes or no? Yes. Really? <laughs> I think he will. I mean, I don't think there's a market to trade him, and he has two years on his deal. Unless you see them buy, like unless they buy him out. I mean, they're not gonna let two million sit on the on the books in the minors for you know another year and a half especially with murray already down there um yeah i'd say he does eventually if they, whether it's because of injuries or because he's playing well in the hl i feel like he'll come back at some point in the season maybe we'll see him again maybe we won't but uncle deli will live on forever and his cooking for josh norris and the kids which that was a funny article like right when he got to ottawa in the, yeah. in the pa and he was like, I remember reading that article and I was like, oh, he's so pumped to be here. Like, man, maybe he's a good guy. Maybe this is going to work out. And then a month later, Uh-oh. <laughs> total garbage, <laughs> no chance. So happy trails, uh, Michael Delzato. We, I think, talked about this last episode a little bit, but it was caught up in a lot of other stuff. But Gaudette is on the team, which, you know, oh yeah, I don't think, I mean, people kind of forgot because he hasn't played since the first game in Vancouver where he laid a fat defensive egg and then did <laughs> scored one power play goal and then did nothing. And now he's, he's been like so bad defensively in that game that DJ just does not even want to roll him out. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see him again. We got really. him for the crystals. Okay. We got, we him, got the crystals. him. We got it. We, we acquired him for the crystals and only the crystals. Clearly the player didn't work out. We saw that in the first game and now yep. the curse has been broken and we're winning games. Well, the crystals right now are four and two, I think since Goddard is here, which is probably the best win percentage the Sens have had in a six game span in like five years. So it's pretty good. Um, yep. We'll take it. But yeah, uh, Goddard, a DJ said that they want him 
they want to get him in the lineup one of these games. Um, do you like Josh, do you think it's even worth it to try him there if they're especially if they're winning, or do you think like you should probably try, get him in? Try got at where, sorry? Just anywhere, like in the lineup. Yes, I think Gambrell or Watson should be coming out of the lineup. I mean, I don't know. You guys might disagree with me. I don't know what either of them provide other than like Watson taking penalty kill minutes and blocking shots, but like the puck's always in the zone. That's why he's blocking the shots. Like yeah. they're getting yeah. dominated every shift. I mean, they're doing a bit better now with Nick Paul on the fourth line. Cause that guy, like, I mean, he hasn't had a great season, but he's not a fourth liner, right? So when he's no. playing on the fourth line, he's gonna do pretty well. But I could see Paul with Gaudet going a lot better on the fourth line. Like mm-hmm. if you want some more offense, secondary scoring. I mean, you look at their goals and their wins, it's all the top six, right? It's yeah. all Batheson, Kachuk, Norris, and then Shabbat. You know, obviously he's a defenseman, but Shabbat, Stutzla, and, you know, Connor Brown get a few points, Tyler Ennis too, but like that's it. <laughs> Nobody else is getting points. Yeah, I, I don't think they will take Watson out of the lineup. I think there's just no way. But yeah. Gambrell is an interesting one because I, I notice Gambrell like once a game when he does this thing where he like goes into the zone and then tries to do the little puck protect stuff on the boards yeah. and then loses it after he does like, a cool move. And then you're like, okay, well, <laughs> what was the point of that? Um, yeah. I, I'd say, yeah, that might be worth it where you sub him out. I, so I, I also don't think Watson's great. But like, let's let's be let's give him some credit here. Like, no one's gonna block shots like he does. Like, there's no like he is <laughs> literally gonna stuff his face in front of a moving bullet if it means that it's gonna prevent a shot on goal. So I if he can if he's on your penalty kill, like whatever, let him be. That's that's just who he is. Um, yeah. as, as long yeah, as he like, doesn't play at five on five, I mean, sure. Current currently, you know what his expected goal share is at oh, five on five. Very, can't be very twenty eight percent. Yep. Yeah, that's not. That's not great. <laughs> that was a good guess. But like he he provides some value as a penalty killer, as opposed but, to Gambrell, who provides essentially on, no value anywhere. At five, yeah, I agree between the two. But like, okay, he's providing some value on the PK, but at five on five, it's so bad that it more no, negates it. Yeah. Because you you need four forwards on the PK, right? You need so you have Formanton and and Brown, and you have Paul, and then Tierney could play on it, right? Pinto when he comes back. Well, yeah. Healthy. Let's talk about it right Nick now. Paul, I already said Nick Paul, but, but I don't know. I mean. I would just, I don't know. I think they've been playing Gambrell on the PK, and I don't think I agree with that. Like it's just yeah, like in the, in the context of this discussion, I would rather them take out Gambrell than Watson. Yeah, I agree. Especially because God, that's a center, right? So, and yeah. that's more realistic because of how much the team loves Watson already. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll see if God ever ever gets in a game again. Um, maybe he'll stick. I'm sure, like. It was so funny. I keep thinking back to it. His first interview, he's like, this is the best opportunity I'm ever going to have. He's been scratched for five games after playing one and scoring. Uh, so I'm not sure that's how he – he's learning the Ottawa way, man. That's that's what we'll say about Adam Gaudet. Um, But we will move on. Uh, the goaltending has been a topic of discussion in Ottawa for, like, years now since Anderson left and the nobody's really been able to take the reins like Gustafson has been good for mostly when you people have been advocating Gustafson should be the starter Gustafson should be the starter he's struggled a bit lately and when one guy struggles you hope that you have another guy who can come in and like be the stabilizer and take the reins for a bit Forsberg's been like 
pretty good. <laughs> like he, he didn't have a great start to the year and he had some bad games. And then here he is, like, he's got a few wins in a row now. His record's above 500. Uh, Josh, I know you're a big Gustafson guy, but do you think that they should just ride out this Forsberg wave at least for a little while longer? Yeah, I don't mind it. Like, I mean, it's not like they, they're focusing on winning anyways, because it's a little bit too late to really, like, actually realistically contend for the playoffs. I mean, unless Forsberg's points, a new, unless Forsberg's the new Hamburglar, but well, um, Forsberglar. Yeah, but as soon as you know, maybe he has a couple off games or something, they should give Gustafson another chance. And that's what I think won't happen. Is like Forsberg can start struggling. But they're going to give him opportunities they wouldn't have given Gustafson to like keep trying to find his form, and that's when I'd start having an issue. But yeah, for now, it's pretty good. Like just let him go because he is playing really well. And it's fun to see at least like he's keeping them yeah. in games, which they've and had think, issues with. Yeah, I agree, and I think another re- you know reason for keeping Forsberg in is if you let him win a few games, maybe then you can maybe consider him a chip at the deadline if a team looks at him and be like, oh, wow, this guy's won a few in a row. Like, we need yeah. a goalie for the playoff run. Like, you see what the, the Leafs did last year with Riddick. Like, they didn't – like, they barely used Riddick, but they got him for the sake of they thought they were going to have a long playoff run, and he won a couple games that year. So maybe a team looks at Forsberg as kind of the same kind of thing, and we get a third. That's pretty good. That's not mm. bad. Um, but we'll see. I'm with it. Louis, when do you think Gustafson comes back in? Because I'm going to assume that – you know, it would be very odd for them to put him in during Augusta or during a Forsberg win streak, but maybe on a back-to-back or something, or do you think they just stick him in there to stick him in there? Yeah, I think currently they're going to run with Forsberg as their starter, um, just because, I mean, as they said, again, I don't know how true they're going to be. This is all stuff that they just say, but they said they're going to play whichever goalie is giving them the best chance to win, right? We've, we've loved to repeat that quote, we do. but so I, I don't know. I feel like, again, they're going to ride the hot hand in Forsberg now. If he starts to struggle, then maybe you'll start seeing a little more Gus starts. Um, but currently, yeah, they're definitely going to ride Forsberg, uh, except, you know, on back-to-backs if you ever want to get him some rest. But And especially with, like, Murray getting injured again in Bevel, which, by the way, that happened. That's hilarious. Like, it's not, but it's kind of hilarious. It's, it's, I mean, we lose Logan he's Brown. Starting, and... He's starting today, apparently. We're recording oh, okay. this on Sunday. Okay, he's... that's good starting today so we'll see how that goes and just touching back on like hopefully getting Forsberg some value we should preface that it it is definitely more important to like not pump up Forsberg value and more let Gustafson develop yeah and giving him those starts would definitely be priority number one if you're focusing on who to start I think I think it's funny that you brought up Murray and Belleville like imagine how awkward of an interaction that's gonna be when Delzato gets down there and it's like Delzato and Murray are just in the dressing room together. They're like, hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. How's Ottawa? Oh, you know, same, same old. <laughs> They're just chilling down there. All the other Belleville guys are like, what the hell is going on? Like, what? who's next? Are we going to get Kachuk? We're going to get Kachuk down the AHL? Like, holy, they're probably having the time of their life down there. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm also okay with riding Forsberg and developing Gustafson a little better. And people like Sogard is still down there. Mandalise is still down there. It's not like this is a, and you know, Marilinen is what he just won goalie of the week, by the way, Marilinen in the OHL. So it's not like, you know, if they strike out on Gustafson, they're done. Like they got a couple guys here that can come in. Um, so, you know, you can, you can kind of take your time with it and see how it goes. Uh, we will see. It's, it is nice to see 
Did you see Forsberg's kid at the oh, of course at the yeah. press ben? conference? Oh, unreal, adorable. As if we can see more Ben, then I'm okay with Forsberg starting a couple yeah. more games. Uh, that would be that would be kind of nice. That that breakaway was pretty good, eh? The the uh, yeah, they've been great this year. They've been really nice. I like that they're doing the uh, like in the locker room after games stuff. <laughs> Just see like, how many times we can catch a soundbite of DJ saying, hit the music. Yeah. <laughs> and the bike helmet and the glasses on different guys. Yep. Who's, I think the Sanford one was my favorite. Yeah. They call him big, like the... big, yeah, big Sanny. Oh, I love yep. Big Sanny. Unreal. We'll see. I, I hope they keep those going. That's uh it's been a nice uh nice surprise. We called we called it out last episode, but it was I was not thinking very straight. But they have been good this year. The mm-hmm. the breakaways, they've been they've been real nice. So yeah, Forsberg uh, has been he's been good, and I think consensus is we're all we're all good with him staying. I mean, he, pick, he did pick up his first NHL shutout last game. I mean, it would it would be tough to to take him out of the lineup <laughs> after that. Um, but he was not the only one with a first in the game against Tampa Bay. Brady Kachuk scored his first hat trick, which was pretty cool, um, and he has been he's been fantastic lately. Brady Kachuk. He has been absolutely putting on point. The whole forward group has been good, but I think he, it's easy to highlight Brady. We scored a hat trick. He's also the captain of the team. Like he's the high profile guy. Um, yep. He's been very good and seems like all the forwards are clicking. Um, the whole top line, like even like Timmy's finally getting some, he looks like he's getting some more looks. I had a great assist yesterday. Oh yeah. On the, on the first, first Brady goal. Yep. Like a spin behind the back, backhand pass. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. Do you see Brian on that? That play was hilarious. See Brian Elliott on that play, just like being the greatest <laughs> yeah. goalie of all time for like five seconds. Because you know it's Brian Elliott against the Sens. Of course he's gonna do that. Yeah. I was like watching that. I was like, there's no way. Like it, it's every time this has. Of course this is gonna happen. I was like surprised they scored on that sequence. It's like there's no way they're scoring here. Like that's just gonna be a Brian Brian Elliott Sports Center special. Um, but Brady scores, Brady gets a hat trick. Uh, I was watching the Tampa broadcast of that game and the, the com- Dave Randorf is the Tampa commentator, by the way. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he's, he's been, I think he's been there for like a year or two. He went there before cool. last season, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of interesting to hear him there. Uh, but the, they, you know, they were talking about like a lot of his top line is so good and it's interesting that they're finally they're finally getting a bit of recognition here. Uh, Josh, do you think it's do you think it's well deserved? Do you think this top line has been performing, you know, up to standards of what a top line should be doing? Oh yeah, yeah, they've been great. I mean, it's not like you know you put them against Boston's top line and they won't do as well. But it's a it's a top line that like not every team is able to put together. The only mm-hmm. issue is everything below that is. <laughs> such a monstrosity that it like cancels it out right mm-hmm. so it'd be so much better to look at that while the bottom you know the other three lines are also holding their own and be like wow like, that's really good um i'm still an advocate for putting batherson with stitzla so as yeah, much as i think they've true. done well i would still break those that lineup i'd probably put we can talk about what we think the projected lines would be but if i'm saying quickly i'd probably do like kachuk with norris and then ennis or something like that, someone else who can do who can play offensively and put Stutzla and Batherson together. And because they whenever they're together, they're so good. It's like they get yeah. like one or two shifts yeah. together a game, and there's always a crazy good chance every single time. So I want to see them together, you know, for a couple games, 
but as for what the actual line is right now yeah it's really good it's like I think I don't know if you guys agree Batherson is the best player on the line like I'm probably the best yeah. player on the Sens yeah maybe this, you this, could season, see this season at least this season at yeah least. like he's on pace for 100 points yeah that's a <laughs> nice. quarter of the way through the season he's on pace for 100 points like crazy yeah and he's signed for five mil for the next six years I mean. <laughs> let's go Pierre Dorian masterclass Pierre Dorian absolutely just a little more than Zaitsev you know <laughs> yeah a low blow we'll, we'll get there uh but yeah you know we, Josh just talked about it Stutes will need some line mates he's been playing most of the season with Nick Paul and Connor Brown, which is not exactly two offensive dynamos that you want your star playmaker to be playing with, but they have tried something new. They're putting him with Formington now, which is, I'd say that's probably an upgrade on, on Paul. They've dropped Paul down uh, in terms of offensive capacity. Uh, Louis, do you think that's enough to get Stutzel going or do you think that they should go all in and put him with Bathers and like, like Josh suggested? Um. Well, first of all, I, I will say it's a move in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, for sure, because Paul struggled and getting some other speed there with Stutzel is great because then you have Formington who can also stretch portions of the ice and give Stutzel a little more room or mm-hmm. more options to, you know, like get a quicker breakout going. And Stutzel's been great at center. I'm happy that, he's ke- that he keeps getting an opportunity there when it looked like that experiment might have ended yeah. uh, partway through. But I, I 100% I agree with Josh. Like the metrics support it, like just, and when you look at it too, Batson and Stutzel, when they're together, it's magic. Yeah. Like, they should be playing together more. Like, I'd love to see a, a Formanton Stutzel Batherson line or something as our second line. That would be just sure. eye candy. That'd be great. Like, I'd, I'd love to be able to watch that on a daily basis and have, as, as Josh said, like Kachuk, Norris, Ennis, because that's those are very entertaining and dynamic lines that you get to see. And they're then balanced. You, they're much more balanced than exactly. offloading one line and then having the second line hang out to dry a little bit. Yeah, 100%. And it's just after that, I guess you can have DJ can put together his his bottom six guys however he really wants, as long as you know the top six actually gets the the minutes that they should. And then I feel like that's already setting ourselves up for way more success than what we were rolling with before. One guy who kind of gets lost in this is Connor Brown, who's just like for some reason he's like permanently just on the second line, like they just won't take him off. And I like I like Connor Brown. I Great think third liner. Connor, yes. Connor Brown has a role on the team. Connor Brown's role on the team is not to play with Tim Stutzel. I think that Connor Brown, like, you just look at the way he plays. Like, he is a hard worker and a four checker. Like, he gets in there and tries to cause turnovers and he kills penalties. It's not a second line player. Like, unless it's like, you know, it's not a top six player. He's not Patrice Bergeron. Like, he's not, he's not doing that. He's Connor Brown. Like, take it down a notch. Put him on the third line and give someone with more skill like Ennis or like Formington a chance to play top six, play a little more, get a little more offense with Stutzel and let Brown play his role in a line that is more suited for his role. Get him back um, with Paul, get the world junior, yeah, sure. uh, not the world junior, the world championship duo back together, you know? And yeah, sure. It doesn't even matter who centers that line. Put Goddard on that line. I don't care. Like whatever. <laughs> and then the fourth line could be like Tierney, Sanford and uh, who's left whatever anyone else anyone sure yeah honestly watson watson there yeah there you go play play that line five minutes a game and then penalty kill (laughs) and then that's it you're good um that's enough about i mean we talked about the forwards thomas shabbat almost scored last game he thought he did and then brady was like no that's and by extension (laughs) brady also stole a stutzel assist there too (laughs) so pretty much what you're saying is brady kachuk is a dick 
and all his I teammates mean, hate him. Hey, ever since he got bit by Brendan Lemieux, he absorbed all of his powers. And There's not much powers. There's not many powers to be absorbed there. Let's be completely honest. Oh, I well, get to be I, full dick. Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. Sense. And that's well, to sure. be fair, maybe maybe the universe got it wrong and just, you know, I my favorite my favorite meme from all of this is that, you know, ever since he's gotten bit by Brendan Lemieux, he has what, like in six games of like seven goals, three assists? Yeah, ten points. Yeah. So just by extension, like there was like all the people with like the Spider-Man memes is like since being bit and there's like just all yeah. this with the stats and all that stuff. So he just became Lemieux man. So he's gotten the, <laughs> the being a dick powers of Brendan Lemieux and just the godlike powers of Mario Lemieux. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, <laughs> the best Both power forward in the world now yeah of course <laughs> that's that was funny um so i guess we could all thank brendan lemieux for the nice little present nice little bite was is he yep. is his are his five games up probably yeah he yeah, scored he's the game again. winner i'm very upset because i put money on minnesota <laughs> yesterday and he scored the game winner for la last night no way i woke that's up because i went to bed before it ended it was a late game i was like are you kidding me brendan lemieux had to like all players on the kings had to be <laughs> him that's hilarious yeah, i guess <laughs> There you go. He served his time. He gets rolling. Hoping, I'm hoping you didn't put any money on the Sabres Rangers game the other day after that I whole did. fiasco. I did. I put money. I put money on the Sabres, and I watched no. the final five minutes. And I I didn't clue into what happened. Basically, I, like for listeners who didn't see what happened, it's like you're better off just watching the video. Just look up like Sabres Rangers offside. So basically, <laughs> Darlene was. I I was like, oh my god, Darlene, you're just so stupid. Why would you be like? three feet offside for no reason what ended up actually happening is what what they looked like in the, what they looked at in the situation room was okay the puck crossed the line Delino's was offside therefore no goal but what actually happened was the puck crossed the line but nobody on the Sabres touched it until Darlene came out of the zone and then everyone was on side and then the Sabres touched it so it should have actually counted and then that would have tied the game the Sabres could have won in overtime mm-hmm. they didn't I'm surprised the Sabres didn't even try and like protest the game or anything because that's ridiculous like especially you know final minute the goal is like 51 seconds left like to tie the game like that's even if they lose in overtime that's still an extra point that could mean something yeah um yes i was yeah you can say that but then that's also giving points to the rangers who actually will be yeah. in the race right yeah it's true yeah anyway yeah, i mean the, it, the uh the whole point of this is that brady kachuk is good now that's what this all boils down to <laughs> And uh, the Sens forwards are starting to get it a little bit more together in terms of lineup, you know, formation. And then on D, Shabbat, so the big storyline with the game against the Lightning was that here's Thomas Shabbat playing in front of Team Canada head coach John Cooper. And I was watching the, I forget, it was the Lightning broadcaster, maybe it was the TSN, but one of the commentators was like, yeah, John Cooper has said that he's impressed with Shabbat's. Yeah, it was TSN. It was well, TSN. TSN did at least, yeah. Sure. So it was, so they, John Cooper was impressed that Thomas Shabbat is like focusing less on offense and more on his two-way game and his defensive game, which I think we've all been able to see. He has been much better at that. Um, the price of that apparently is that he's just not allowed to score a goal anymore, um, but he's been very good and I think that my question is, should he be straight up? Like, should he be on yes. Team Canada? And yes. yeah, I think people are starting to, like, I, I w- I'll be honest, I was quite skeptical. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, I probably would have said no. Yeah, I agree. But he's making a heck of a case this year for, for that spot. Here's, like, okay, so the way I, I've, like, kind of looked at what the what they could do, it's a lot easier to 
predict D pairs than lines, right? Yeah. There's twice as many forwards, and especially yes. apparently they might take Tom Wilson over Mitch Marner, whatever. <laughs> and Zach Hyde. I think the best, <laughs> yeah. yes, the best, I think, D pairs they could make would be Devin Tays playing with Makar on the top pair. Of course. Because Devin Tays mm-hmm. is actually really good. Like, yeah. I know he's not yes. as big of a name as like Shabbat, Riley, Theodore, whatever. They play amazing together, and we he's just had him really for good. Two seconds, man. Oh. I know. So <laughs> I would say that's the top pair, and then I think Shabbat would be should be on the second pair with Ekblad. Yeah. And then here's the thing: so Petrangelo was selected as one of the three, so he has to play. Well, he, I guess it could be a scratch, but they're not going to scratch a guy that they selected as one of the three, exactly. right? So then the third pair could be something like Shea Theodore and Petrangelo, who play together in Vegas. And then you have extras of Morgan Riley and Adam Pellick would probably be the extras. So just. You know what I find interesting? So basically what you're going with is pairs that are already pairs, right? Almost? Two, yeah, basically two of them. So then, could you then also make an argument for Uyghur Ekblad as your second pair instead? Yeah, but I, like, I, I see what you mean, but I also don't know if like Uyghur's appreciated enough as opposed to like, Devin okay. Tays, I think is more, the, the, you know, he's one of the, they're both players that are like analytical guys, but they don't have the pedigree of a Shabbat, of a Riley, of a, yeah, of a Riley, yeah. of a Makar, whatever. But I think Taze is further ahead than Uyghur in terms of, like, awareness around the league of how good yeah. he is. Obviously, Uyghur, Uyghur might actually be better. Like, he's mm-hmm. super underrated. Um, but I don't like, know if I could totally see a case for him ahead of Ekblad. Do you, like, yeah, on, but here's the thing. The floor, do, you, do you think that Mackenzie Uyghur is on the long list? Like, they selected 50 players. I don't think, God, like, I, I don't so. know. Like, no, but that was, was that not submitted before the season? Right, like before. Yeah, but he was Uyghur still popping his... off at last year when Ekblad he was, yeah, was gone. but not to the same extent as he is now. Like now he's like, arguably like almost number one D, like that that yeah. good. But last year he wasn't quite like that. So I could see if they have you know like twelve to fourteen D on that list if he wasn't on there. Yeah, we could go into detail on who those fourteen are, but like you got to think like Dowdy's on there, right? Like Brent Burns is probably on there. Morgan Riley's obviously on there. So there's a lot of guys. Can who... I? step in and yes go ahead so chris chris johnson has he released his this is while i mean this is while he still technically worked for sports now this is september 3rd this prediction um but he projected the lines and here were his defense pairs so he had shea theodore with alex petrangelo but that was the first pair but we're gonna call it like that's a pair like we'll say you got that one right i'm looking at it right now yeah he had shabbat with kale mccarr which, which is, I don't like, but but I mean like yeah. that's sick though. Like, can you it imagine? It is, but it is, but you have two guys who want to carry the puck the whole time. But it's right? the like, Olympics. Who cares? Do you think know, that the, like it's, split it's just up. for fun? Split Do you think when they're playing flat. Team China that it matters if Thomas Shabbat or Kale McCarr carries oh, the puck? No, they'll, they'll probably they'll probably sit some players for that game. Yeah, like, I'll shoot the, up. I'll shoot up on D for that game. I'll probably but, still win. Yeah, and then the third pair. Go ahead. The third pair is this is a guy who I was surprised that you admitted is Dougie Hamilton. He has not had a good year. That's why no. I kind of was like waiting for, for you to say it. He has not been amazing this year. I think like he's definitely on the list. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to make the team. He could be an extra. Probably. Um, again, it, it depends how much they value those like underrated analytical guys. Like do they yeah. prefer Adam Pellick or do they prefer the big name in Dougie Hamilton? Right. As yeah. like an extra, let's say. Dougie Hamilton in this projection is playing with Morgan Riley. Aaron Eckblad is the seventh D and Bowen Byram is the extra D. So I think if if they didn't choose him, I don't think Petrangelo makes Canada's D the way he's played this year. I agree. Definitely. 
Yeah. And so I don't know why they didn't like take like come on like Kale McCarr as one of your three. Like if you if you want I don't know did they have to do forward D goalie I don't think so. Who did they pick as their goalie? No, they did. They didn't. They, did, they do two forwards and a goalie. They didn't pick a goalie. Sorry, two forwards and a D. My bad. My yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah. Like I mean, no, I would some, some teams gone, like, did forwards. different things. Some teams pick goalies. Okay, yeah. So there's no rule. So why like I don't see why you don't just do like okay. Mc, I mean, I McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby. Like just give me the yeah. three best. Yeah. I just Obviously. I wonder I, I wonder what they'll do now that we kind of brought it up. Like, what are they going to do in net? Do you think Carey Price is going to play? No, apparently, like unless he commits in the next like week, apparently it's like too late. Really, that's interesting. I saw something that, like the someone like some of the Team Canada staff was just like, if Carey Price doesn't make his decision here in the next like week, he's off, which that's sucks because it's like obviously he's going through stuff right now, so it's yeah. hard for him to just get back and commit. And he'd mm-hmm. love, I'm sure he'd love to play for Canada. At least he's he already has right so. But this whole, but, I mean, going to, there's been a lot of stuff coming out about what it's going to look like going to China for the Olympics. Like, yeah. there was something that's like, if you test positive, there's like a three yeah. to five week, yeah. three to five week quarantine. So let's say that you test positive as a member of Team Canada. Let's say, okay, Connor McDavid goes to the Olympics, lights it up, has a great tournament. Last day of the tournament, he tests positive. Now the Oilers are in a playoff push, assuming they're in a playoff push here. Lost six straight. Whatever. <laughs> they're only good. They're one of their only two really good players. And the best player in the world is stuck in China for five weeks, mm-hmm. testing positive. People are going to like. Can't I train, not, can't do anything. Can't do anything. If I'm a player, yeah, I want to go to the Olympics. But I'm looking at this like, is this worth, like at this point, is it really worth it? Looking at the landscape of, covid right now and looking at everything that's happening and what you know the huge hub that is the olympics it's like do i want to take that risk for my team do i want to take that risk for myself like is that going to be worth representing my country playing at the olympics like i would i know some people are saying there's already been players uh, anonymously that have like pulled their name out pretty much uh well leonard has not, publicly leonard has but yeah there you go so i would not be shocked if 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 the nhl ends up going through with it and going to the Olympics that it's it's a bit of a I'll, I'll say shorthanded team at least Canada you know who else could make the team if they were on the long list is Drake Batherson <laughs> so far yeah. this year I mean I, like they have a lot of really good players so it's not like they're like missing out like crazy but I'm looking at his project as uh, at Chris Johnson's projected lines like I would put Batherson in there ahead of Tavares or Couturier so far this year I know they they probably want a defensive line, but mm-hmm. like, it's a shame that he's not at least on the long list and could like have a long shot of being in the you know, in a bottom six role or an extra forward, because it'd be cool to see another sense player at the Olympics. Yeah, and that gets you to the whole long list thing where you already have Team Sweden who made who demanded an exception to be made because they well, didn't I don't have know. Lucas did they Raymond. get one? I no, I don't know if they did, but I know they made like a request. Yeah, here's the thing: is if they get one, every team is gonna ask for one. Exactly. For any yeah. mistake they made, and then right? you start asking the question: Why is there even a long list? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I if like I love I like Lucas Raymond, like it's fun to watch, but I mean, <laughs> they implement those rules. Like, you have 50 players. I don't know why you don't take a flyer with your 50th guy on a guy like Raymond, right? Who could you know break out? Who, who, who are the 50 better Swedish players than Lucas Raymond, even before the season? Louis Eriksson. Yes. Did he you played see? as a goddess a thousandth game. Yes. And did you see um, in the Coyotes game, Jay Beagle scored, assisted by goal. Antoine Roussel, first assist, <laughs> and Louis Eriksson. 
The power just the, line. The best line I think I've ever seen. Unreal. That's funny. Yeah, well, we'll but, see. I mean, the yeah. Olympics will be the, the Olympics will be very interesting. I'm still not convinced that NHL players are fully on board with it right now. No. But uh, only Especially time, given only that time the league has they yeah. have met their threshold to possibly not do it. But the thing mm-hmm. is, Bettman has voiced publicly many times that he wants to, you know, like expand the the game's, I guess, influence or impact in other markets, especially China. Which is the right move, I think. Yeah. It's the right philosophy to go with. But then you're getting into the whole the whole COVID thing, like you mentioned, the, the five-week mm-hmm. quarantine, which is like, my God. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's an insane amount of time to spend doing that's, nothing yeah. in China. In China, honest. Yeah. I mean, you can only like, how much Chinese food can you eat? I like Chinese food, but I don't know if I oh, eat Chinese I can, yeah. food for five for weeks, five maybe weeks. not. A couple weeks, sure, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I could work off Chinese food leftovers for like a solid six or seven days, like if I ration it. But yeah. after that, I'm like, give me a sandwich or something, like honestly. <laughs> but we'll see. Yes, you famously do not have sandwiches there, Adam. Okay, well, <laughs> listen, man, we we get by. I'm sure. Well, we'll do. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's uh, let's call it there. We're rambling on about Chinese food and sandwiches, so let's. I think that's probably a sign to stop. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, go Sens. We'll see what happens with the Olympics, and uh, we'll see if the Sens can keep their successful streak going as we push towards Christmas and the World Juniors, which might be a topic in a future episode. That's a hint. Which are on what date, Adam? Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) No.